Last time I was up here was in August, um, doing this, and um, we, uh, I did a lot of research into anatomy, and we talked about how tiny little bones, when they get bumped out of place in your foot, can affect the rest of your foot and get twisted and, and pushed out of place, and how we all need to be doing our part in the body of Christ, because it's the same way, no matter how big or small a part you play, you, um, if you're not in the right place, or if you're out of, out of place a little bit, or turned, um, it will affect your, um, the whole rest of the body. And so, this time, I dove into astronomy instead of anatomy. <laughs> so, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about space and other things, but but we're going to start with space. So um, I don't know if you know this, but scientists and humanity tend to be a little bit obsessed with searching for life beyond Earth and intelligent life beyond Earth. And so in the pursuit of that knowledge, what's happened is they've built these giant telescopes in space. And not only do they see, they also hear. And 24-7, 365 days a year, these telescopes are pointed out into space and listening for intelligent life, for aliens. And to this day, we haven't heard anything. But they have produced some, I think, pretty cool discoveries. And so we're going to start with um, looking at some things that are out there. And so this is the, the Vela Pulsar. And the Vela Pulsar is a highly magnetized neutron star, which basically means that this star went supernova and exploded and then collapsed back in on itself. And now it's rotating on its axis 11 point almost five times per second. I, I can see that that doesn't impress you much, so I thought to give you an idea of, 11, of, of rotating on your axis 11.5 times a second, we should all stand up and try that. 11.5, you, you don't think it's possible? Right, so it's moving kind of fast, and it's not the fastest star out there, but what happens is when it's oscillating on its axis 11 times per second, it shoots out, and it, it's better on my computer, but if you can see this, it kind of shoots out radio waves from the center of this oscillation. And so, when it's it rotating at, it makes this noise. Kind of like a train. Or a drum circle. So, I thought that was pretty cool. I did not know that stars made noise. And technically it's a pulsar, not a star. It went in supernova, collapsed back in on itself. But, um, just really cool. And... 
a lot of people kind of wonder, well, why, why does it make the sound? And, and this is where we get into, for me, Psalm 148. And it says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded that, and they were created. He established them forever and ever. And so what I think is happening is that the Vela Pulsar is rotating 11.5 times a second and making music to worship God. Yeah? I thought, I thought that was really cool. This, um, this is 47 Tuck for short. It's actually like 47 Takani or Takanei. I don't know how to say it properly, so I shortened it to 47 Tuck. So 47 Tuck is a globular cluster that is 120 light years in diameter. For those of you who don't know, a light year is based on the distance that light travels in one year. And so light years are in a vacuum. Uh, light travels at a speed of 9.46 trillion kilometers per year. So a light year is 9.46 trillion kilometers. So the, that's 120 light years. So if you want to know how big that is, you take 120 times 9.46 trillion and you get a really big number. So that's 47 tuck. And it's a globular cluster. And in this cluster, there are 23 millisecond pulsars. It means they're rotating on a millisecond level. And of the 23 millisecond pulsars, 16 of them have been recorded. Do you want to hear how they sound? Get to the point where we're going to hear them all together. They're almost there. That is stars. They're recorded um, from the Lovell Telescope. I got these actually off of NASA's website. That's stars, and they're singing. Because as we read, praise him, shining stars. I find a few things about that really interesting. Um, one, when God created the universe, it responded by glorifying him. 
and some of it through music. And that's like that's a part of how they glorify God. The second thing is that when I listen to those sounds, I realize that God and I have very different taste in music. He seems a little bit more into uh, house or electronic dance music than I am, so that's okay. God, you're, uh, you're better than me. <laughs> there you go, electronic and avant-garde composition. The third thing that, that I think about when I, when I hear those sounds is that it makes me wonder what worship God is hearing from creation that we can't even begin to imagine. Like, how many of you knew that stars made sounds before today? A few. (laughs) Well, you knew because I told you. My kids have had a sneak peek at some of these sounds because it was like when I found them, I was preparing for for today and I I knew where I was going, but then I saw this video um, that Louis Giglio uh, who's a, uh, he's a pastor in the States. He does a lot of touring at conferences. I've, I've heard him speak before, and I've really enjoyed him, but he actually um, did the, a very similar thing as to what I'm about to do. Uh, and, uh, like, he played some of these sounds, um, and, and it just floored me. And so what I did is I took some of what he said, and I've, I've made it my own, and I've added, made some changes and added, but we're going to get to that later. But... I love music, and I love having the privilege of leading others in, in worshiping God through music, but, but we just can't comprehend the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And I, I mean, our songs are, are, are great, and, and I, I like the songs that we do, but God doesn't need them because he's got stars out there worshiping and glorifying him all the time. He doesn't rely on our worship because God is surrounded by a symphony of worship all the time. So what happens is in Psalm 148, the psalmist starts in in space. He starts with with the sun and the moon and the angels and the heavens. And sorry if you can't read that, but... It says, praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all the deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling its command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle. Creeping things and flying birds. Good morning. Um, So the psalmist starts in space, and then he comes back to earth. And he starts speaking about the things that worship and glorify God. Not just stars singing, but, but other things. And it's interesting that he starts with you sea monsters. Because, can you, uh, can you see that? Do you know what that is? A humpback whale. Did you know that the male humpback whale produces a song that lasts 10 to 20 minutes, which they repeat for hours at a time? And that sounds like this. I love it. I love it. To scientists, they're not entirely clear what the purpose of this song is. 
They think maybe it has something to do with mating, maybe with location, like finding their way back and forth between Hawaii and Alaska. But they, they can't say for sure what this song is about. But we know, don't we? Praise the Lord, you sea monsters and all the deeps. And praise God, you creeping things. Can you hear it? I didn't have a pet cricket growing up, but I did have a cricket that lived in my room. <laughs> and I very often fell asleep to the sound of crickets or a cricket. And I, I would try to find it, and it, I could never find it. But it was there. I could hear it at night. Praise God, all you creeping things. I actually find crickets soothing now. I don't know about you, but I find crickets very soothing. And then there's this guy. Praise God, you flying birds. God doesn't need our songs. He doesn't need to he doesn't need to rely on them because the music that God hears on an ongoing basis is much bigger than we could ever imagine. There are stars and there are whales that sing. There are crickets that chirp, gaggles of geese that honk. The winds and the wolves bay. The leaves and the grass rustle, oceans and lions roar. I can't even start to fathom the song that God hears. And I think the most amazing thing about the song that God hears, the symphony that surrounds God, is that it's always changing. It's never the same from moment to moment, kind of like jazz. I don't know if jazz musicians ever play the same song twice. It's always changing because there's always new additions to it, and, and some of it dies off, and the winds change, and it's just always unique, vast and unique. So I want to try and give us a tiny little glimpse of what God must be hearing all the time, and this is, this is where what Louis Giglio did, and I, I took it, and I, I made some changes, and I added some stuff, and we're just going to start with this. Um, can you um, unplug that black cord from the side? Yep. And then plug, yeah, plug it into that thing you just knocked onto the floor. Sorry. Do we all want to cough right now? <coughs> okay, good. That was to hide the pop. All right. So here's the thing. I have to switch over to a different program. And we are going to go to the beginning of that. And so we're going to start off with um, a different pulsar that I didn't put up there because I couldn't find a picture of it. Sorry. Um, but this pulsar is 
B039-54. And let me just, sorry. This is, there we go. All right, so this is what it sounds like. Do you hear it? So that is B03954. All right. And then we're going to add we're going to add 47 tuck and we have And then we'll add some ocean right about now. And some whales. And some crickets. And then I thought, I'll add some geese later and, and, and some jungle noises. But then I thought, what would it sound like if we took one of our songs and added it to what God is hearing? And so, without further ado, I'm going to start from the beginning and play this. So we have... I think this is the electronic dance star. Would have been a better name for B039. Tuck 47. Oceans. I thought, why don't we join in?
just the whales and the oceans. I found that moving. Well, I'm sorry. I'm trying to talk here. God doesn't need us. He already has a symphony of praise that is constant and changing. And it does a perfect job of, of worshiping God. And you know what makes creation's worship perfect? God is glorified when his creation is doing what it was created to do. That's my belief. The stars shine and sing because... That glorifies God because God created them to shine and to sing. God is glorified when creation does what it's created to do. Next. And in all of creation, we are unique. I mean, this goes on to say that the kings, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children... And we do this on a weekly basis. We come together and we worship God and we praise Him. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. And we are unique among creation in that we, in the creation account, are, were created differently. The stars were breathed into existence. God said, let there be light. I know that you think that it should be, let there be light. But I don't think, like, you shall not pass. Like, that's the voice I always had in my head. But I don't think God needed to declare it. I think God said, let there be light. And he breathed the sky and the sea and the land into existence. And he breathed the fish and the birds and the animals into existence. But then came us, and what did he do? He molded us out of the mud. And then he used his breath, instead of commanding us into existence, he breathed life into us. The other thing that the creation account says is different is that we were created in God's image. All of God's other creation has traits that communicate who God is to us. 
The mountains are big and strong, and so we have a big and strong God. The, the stars are bright and shining, and so God is a light. We see glimpses of God in all of his creation, but of all of his creation, we were the only ones created in his image. We were meant to be God's image bearers. We were meant to carry his, more than anything else in creation, we were meant to glorify him the most. But you know what happened? Instead of choosing to glorify God, we chose to become him. And so a man and a woman in a garden took a piece of fruit that was going to make them like God. That was the temptation. And I think that's where sin, the, really the heart of sin is, is the heart of sin is trying to take the glory of God for ourselves. The, to try and take God's position in our life. Did you know that I'm the most important person in the world? It's true. If this life were a movie about me, or, or a movie, in that movie, I'm the star, and I can prove it, because the cameras are always on me. All of you are supporting actors in my movie. And he, I, thought, I know you thought that you had the leading role and that the cameras were on you all the time. I know that you thought that, but you're wrong, and here's how I'm going to prove it. If I walk this way, see, the cameras are following me. Right? It's true for all of us, though. We all are the star. We're the leading role in our movie, the, of our life, because for us, our, the cameras are always on us, and everybody else is a supporting role. But what God asks of us is different. God wants us... So I got off of my notes here. And that's all right. We're, we'll get to that. So, so God's creation, yes. So I don't know where I'm at anymore. We'll just read this. All creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So what happened was we decided that we wanted to be God and we wanted to take God's position and have that leading role and all of creation was cursed because of it. It didn't do anything wrong. It's still not doing anything wrong. But it's suffering alongside of us, and it's crying out alongside of us for all things to be made right. And here's the irony of the whole situation. Even though we still continue to take God's place as a leading role in our lives, because, I mean, let's face it, it's a tough thing to turn down. We all live this life. We see it. We, we struggle with it, but God wants that leading role, and we keep trying to take it from him, and that's sin, But the cosmos suffer for it, the whole universe. And so the, the, this, is, this is great. This is what I love. So we chose to be God rather than glorify him. 
But God never gave up on us, and he had a plan. And what did he do? Jesus chose to be human in order to glorify God. We have a God who, like this time of year especially, we think about this, Christ took off of his, his crown and he put on swaddling blankets. He, he set aside his scepter for a manger. He became helpless. He set aside his power to become weak and reliant on, on his own creation. And so while we choose to be God rather than glorify him, Jesus chose to be human in order to glorify God and to bring us and all of creation back into a right relationship with God. And when you think about it, it doesn't make sense for me, a 40-year-old male who messes up all the time to assume the position of God, to take that role. We're talking about a God whose breath carries words that created the cosmos, stars and planets, water and land. We're talking about a God whose story started before the existence of time and will continue long after time ends. We're talking about a God that stars and whales and birds and creepy crawlies are constantly singing to. How, who am I to think that I could take that place? Against its will, creation was subjected to God's curse and is groaning in anticipation of restoration because of our sin. The entire universe, the cosmos, suffer. And yet it glorifies God. It still does what it was created to do. And humanity still desires to be God rather than give him glory. Conclusion. Jesus didn't just choose to become human. He chose to allow himself to be humiliated and mocked and tortured in order to glorify God. And after he was humiliated and mocked and tortured, he chose to carry a tree that he had created to a hill that he had created. And he allowed his creation to pound nails through his hands and his feet and into the tree on, into the, tree on the hill that he created. Do we get this? Do we get, do we get that? The irony of that? The creator allowed himself to be sacrificed and tortured. And I needed Jesus to do that. I needed him to become human. I needed him to choose to suffer and die. I needed him, I needed it because I needed to see that it was possible. Because for me, what I see in the world around me is people who still think that they're the most important person in the world. And I'm one of them. Like, I know, I know the role that I'm supposed to play. I know that I'm supposed to be a supporting role in God's story, but I still have trouble giving up that role. 
It's not easy. But it's necessary. It's, nece- it's necessary because I wasn't created to glorify myself. I was created to give God glory. I wasn't created to steal God's glory for myself. I was created to glorify God. And let's face it, you don't want me to be God. Because if I'm your God, then lots of things are going to go wrong. And I don't want you to be my God. Instead, instead we, want, we should want to join with the song of of creation that is constantly glorifying God and giving up that lead role in supporting the story of God. So, as we approach this table today, we're going we're gonna to do things a little bit different. So first... I want to challenge us as we prepare for the table. I want to challenge us to remember the example that Jesus set for us by his sacrifice. And I want you to reflect on your life. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Have you really been able to let go of the leading role and take on a supporting role like Jesus did? Are you making choices and living a life that, like the stars, glorifies God by doing what it was created to do? What kind of things are you holding on to to bring yourself glory rather than God? In John 3.16, most of us have translations that read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But did you know that in the Greek, the word world is actually cosmos? It's for God so loved the cosmos that he gave up his son. And I like that better because all of creation is groaning eagerly for the day when death and decay will stop. It's God, Jesus didn't just die for us. He died to restore all things. The cosmos, everything. The sacrifice that Jesus made wasn't just for us. So, what we're going to do is... We're not, I'm not going to play music today. I'm going to put that song back up of creation. And we're all just going to reflect on those questions, on where are we holding on, where are we stealing God's glory for ourselves, where are we not sacrificing, where are we still trying to take that lead role. And when you're ready, I want you to come forward. And I want you to pick up the elements of communion, Go back to your seat. And all the time this creation symphony will be playing. It's more like an octet. But when you're ready, just take it. And if you are 
unable or more comfortable staying where you are. When you're ready, just get a get the attention of the uh, is it Renee or is it or it's Brenda? Get Brenda's attention, and she'll come bring you what you need. Because I just thought that that was so powerful that God is surrounded by worship and glory all the time, and we get to be a part of it when we choose to be, when we, when we choose to glorify God. But we have a God who wants us to be a part of it all the time, and so he sacrificed himself in our place. So let's just, we'll pray. I'll turn the music back on. You can come forward and get your stuff.